Welcome to Catholic Sports View, a look at the athletes and coaches who shape the Trinity League. Here we go. Exploring where athletics meets faith. Now, here's your host, Bob Gibson. And we welcome you into Catholic Sports View. I am Bob Gibson, and we are, of course, brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Orange. And uh, really wanted to get uh, this guest on today because uh, a lot of talk right now going on, uh, some changes in high school baseball with electronic devices uh, being brought into high school base. Now, we heard it on the professional and the collegiate level, the pros, coaches being able to talk to catchers, and then same thing in college. Uh, I think it's been a lot more controversial, actually, in college than it has in, in the pro ranks, but it's coming to high school now. Coaches are going to have those devices to be able to talk to their catchers uh, within the helmet there. And uh, a lot of talk about it on social media. A lot of people want to know what is going on with it. Well, we want to go to one of the premier baseball coaches here in Southern California, and that's Brett Kay. Back-to-back uh, CIF championships with uh, the JCR Catholic Lions. And he said he'd come on. He's He's got camps and stuff going on and games and freshmen coming on campus. A lot going on for, for Coach. It's a year-round deal, but uh, kind enough to uh, give us uh, a couple of minutes and and talk about this and give us an update on some of the other uh, kids uh, in the pro ranks, the MLB draft uh, that just wrapped up as well. So a uh, good chance to talk with uh, Brett K. Let's welcome back into the program, Brett Kay, the head baseball coach over at JCR Catholic High School. Fresh off the field, uh, you got camps going on right now this summer? We got youth camps going on. We just had two weeks of incoming freshmen, and then we got varsity, JV, freshman games. So it's a full slate. It never ends, does it? Never ends. Uh, we <laughs> end, varsity ends this weekend, and then freshman and JV end next weekend, and then I get to go on a two-week staycation. There you go. Still a buzz around the program right now after the way the season ended? Yeah, no, there's, yeah, no doubt about it. I think that it's still like fresh in our minds and uh, obviously we moved on, but there's still a a feeling of accomplishment and a feeling of excitement still. And I don't know if it's ever going to go away. I mean, like we, we slayed a giant, we feel and more of the, you know, the being back there three times in a row and, and winning it back to back. And that's just, it hasn't been done in a long time. And, you know, it's, again, it's a, it's tip of the cap to the parents, the players, and the coaching staff, and you know everybody else in between. So we feel pretty, uh, you know, I hate to be cliched, but we feel pretty fortunate. Yeah, must must be pretty cool for the young kids too that come on the field that they, they know uh, the the history of it, and it's it's a chance really for the for these young kids who may want to be future lions one day. Yeah, I, I you know it was great to have my son there the last three years. I remember oh, he, yeah. was in, he was in tears in twenty one. And then, you know, obviously elation last year in 22, but this year he had his little travel ball team. And so there was about 25 to 30 kids that were there that we got on the field after the game and got to take pictures of the players. And, yeah. you know, that was really cool for them. And then obviously personally for me to have my son there, my both, both my boys and, and, you know, to have that experience with them and to, and to you know, share that with them is, is obviously pretty important. Yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, you know, family first and, uh, to be able to share that with, with all of them, that really means something. Absolutely. So uh, I, w- I wanted to have you on because, um, new rules coming on to the baseball field and it's, it's big news <laughs> that came across electronic devices coming to high school baseball was, was the headline. There's a bigger picture, obviously, uh, you know, going on with that. But, uh, when you first heard the news, what did it mean to you? Well, to be honest, I've had a system for about a year now that I've been using in the off season. So in the summer, fall, and winter, we've had a system that is just communication from me to the catcher, mm-hmm. and we've been using it, you know, just to try to you know clear things up, clean things up, have, see how we liked it, what what it would do, 
what the difference would be, you know, everything else. And so we've been talking about it for a year. And I actually brought it up in the CIF advisory meeting with the CIF council of, of, you know, CIF assistant commissioners and all the other baseball coaches about, hey, you know, we did a study on this. And this is, you know, it's the pace of play. It's 22 minutes. It's it's basically, you know, accelerating the game. Now, I know some people frown upon it to a certain extent, but <laughs> there's a lot of old school in me, but there's some new school. Like if it's better for us and we don't now don't have to worry about picking signs and, and things of that nature or look at it a different route, it, it allows us to have that communication verbally and, and, and even non-verbally, I guess, to a certain extent. And I think it changes the game. I think it's really, you know, going to change on how – the communication is, and now I think they're going to have to add limits. You know, how many times you can go have a mound visit, those types of things like they do in the big leagues, like they do have in college. But I, I think it's a real game changer. I think it's great for high school baseball, you know, because the college is in that route now and, and, and Major League Baseball is in there. And, and our job, in essence, is to, you know, obviously build great men and, and, and do all these things, but to prepare them for college. So if this is the first time they're using it in college, you know, then they've got it, it's a it's kind of a you know a progress for them where if they've done it in high school and have an understanding of it, it's going to make it go faster and be more prepared for it. Yeah. Now, now when you played, you were a catcher. You mentioned old school. I mean, it was just putting down signs and and all that. You might look over and get something from a coach, but this is a whole new thing. Is is this something that would have helped you when you were playing as a catcher? So the old school in me, and, and I'm I'm paranoid by just by being paranoid. <laughs> I have five different sets of signs from me to catchers. Okay. Right. So if I feel this isn't, you know, or they're onto this or they're doing this, I can go to a different set and the next pitch, you know. So that's the paranoia of me and Jay Sarah. I don't know because I, I do think you learn the game a lot by calling your own game. And I'm, yeah. I, and I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth and being a hypocrite too because I call the game for our guys. But I, we have many talks about why I call the game, what I do. I'm pretty egotistical about it because I love to do it. It's part of my DNA of being a catcher and seeing the game a different way. And so that's what I'm trying to teach them at the same token. So I'll ask them, why would we call this? Why did you? See, why did we do that? What did you see? What did I see? You know, and we'll have good confrontation about it because, you know, that relationship between pitcher and catcher is so unique and dynamic. You know, but pitchers sometimes have egos too, where the catcher can't have that to a certain extent. And, you know, so that's where the conversation comes in. So to answer the question, I think it would have been unique, but I think it would have made me dumber. Okay. Now, you coach one of the best high school catchers in Southern California history in Austin Hedges. Is it, do you think this is going to be a case-by-case? Case? Is, is this something you would have used with him, or would you have allowed him to call his own game being as advanced as he was during his high school years? So, but he was advanced internally as he, as he was physically and, okay. and everything else. So he was on board and on page with the game calling and what I was doing. And, you know, I think Austin with the pitchcom, I mean, if you re- research the, uh, the Austin Hedges and pitchcom, he's done an unbelievable marketing job for that when, when he was with the Indians. So he uses it and he loves it and he uses it with his pitchers. And he's even got some, some feedback for their pitchers. I, I won't say I'm here publicly because. Um, but it's great that he's built them. You know, he's built, you know, relationships with them and, and he gives them positive affirmation, you know, in their ear when they're throwing pitches. It, it's actually kind of unique. But Austin and I were always on the same page. And he was one of the catchers, you know, that would be like, okay, why? Why this? Why that? He would ask those questions. But we always had a good rapport on the game calling and pitch and pitch calling. I think it's interesting that, that, that you bring that up and it, and it, it, it helps create 
maybe a rapport between coach and catcher and catcher and pitcher, right? You get, you get to have some of that dialogue going on during the game that you wouldn't otherwise be able to have during, you know, during gameplay. Yeah. You know, I feel that when I'm talking to these guys, like, Hey, set off off the edge a little bit more, a little bit more. Hey, where was that? Give me a nonverbal, you know, I've had players try to speak back into me and I'm like, listen, it's a one way radio. Don't, you can't talk back to me because I can't, hear <laughs> but I can tell them like, and now they're giving me nonverbal signs that were like, yeah. Hey, it was this, it was that, or it was this. And, but it allow it does allow me to speak to their, speak my mind freely to, to them where I would be doing that internally or I'd be yelling at somebody next to me or, you know, talking to the catcher that's next to me, learning the signs. And so it, it allows a good, one-way dialogue. I would imagine there's a good number of high school coaches who are in favor of this. Otherwise, I don't. I don't guess it would. It would have passed. There's got to be enough coaches who are, who are on board with this. Yeah, I think everybody that I've talked to is on board with it. I think that there's some really good teams out there that are good at picking pitches, picking coaches' signs. But again, it allows the game to be sped up, and and you know whether or not you like it, this is the way the game is going, and this is the direction it's going, and. You know, and I think it's good for baseball. I think it's good for the soul. I think it's good for learning. I think it's good for adapt uh, adaptability. You know, so all these things are are a big component of what high school baseball is about. And you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And I think you know, baseball players in this generation, they like the fun aspect of it. And I don't know how much you get a chance to be on social media at all, but it's a back and forth between old school, and new school, especially when it comes to baseball. There's, there's nothing like baseball Twitter to use one, uh, one area, but, uh, you know, a lot of people saying, Hey, this takes away from kind of the, the, the baseball ish, for lack of a better term of, of, of playing the game, letting the players do the playing, you know, these electronic devices don't really have it. You understand that way of thinking at all? Or did, is it like, Hey, come yeah. on, come, come with us into the new generation here. But see, I, and, and the hard part is, and, and I use this a lot in my parent meetings, I'm old enough to, to love and appreciate old school. Yeah. But I'm also young enough and in the middle to to appreciate the newer generation, the newer way the game is going. So, you know, like I said earlier about speaking out of both sides of my mouth, like <laughs> I have to do that and I have to be a hypocrite because there's a lot of me that's old school, but there's a lot of me that wants to learn the new school and, and, and move with the times because – I don't want to ever be an aging dinosaur. I don't want to ever be that. And, I, you know, I want to be up in the times. And, you know, I'm an information junkie on Twitter. And there's plenty of keyboard warriors out there, sure. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's about, like, adaptability. And this is this day and age. And this is what's going. And, you know, this, you know, the track mans and the rhapsodos and the spin rates and the launch angles, those are not going away. And, you know, you look at the MLB draft the other day and everything was about that. What these guys are running, what they're throwing across the diamond you know, how hard they're hitting the baseball, that all matters now. And, but at the end of the token, like if I'm talking to a college, the one thing I say is that this kid can play and he can play the game of baseball and can play it in an old school way and do things right and be able to help your team win. And so there's still a lot of that in me, which I love and I'll never, ever forget my roots. And, and there's sprinkles of, of, of the new age stuff at J Sarah, not a, probably not enough of it, but, Old school is still very successful. Yeah, yeah. And when it comes down to it, college coaches, they just want ball players, right? Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> matter where they come from. Right. They just want ball players. Speaking of the draft, we just saw that uh, happen. Uh, you know, you give us an update where some of your kids uh, stand, uh, either current kids or kids that have been uh, Lions. You know, what? Uh, how, how did it all transpire? As far as I know, I've now been in summer camp. Nobody's been yeah. drafted yet. Right. Trent was our Trent was our big one, and – he had a chance to go er- earlier um, in the first or second round, from my understanding, and 
I guess the numbers didn't work out. And my feeling on the back end of this is that he had too good a year. He was too good a player to drop, you know, for whatever the reasons are. I don't know what the reasons are. You know, state player, state California player of the year, Orange County player of the year, you know, and breaking a record held by the best player I've ever seen in Royce Lewis. You know, so I, 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 to a certain extent, I don't think he's a third or fourth or fifth round player. No disrespect to any of those kids, you know, but I'm glad that Trent and his family held their ground and he can go to Oregon State and be draft eligible in two years. And I hope he bet on himself and he can be another Matt McClain. You know, where Matt yeah. McLean has got offered 1.8 out of Beckman and ends up signing for five and a half as a, you know, a top 10 pick. And now look what he's doing with the Reds. So right. those success stories are out there. And, you know, what Trent did was nothing short of special this year. And it's okay to bet on yourself. I know it's disappointing and it's hard. And, you know, sometimes the draft is the end all be all. But if you bet on yourself and you can achieve your goals and the things that you want, things turn out in the end. So, you know, I, I think we've got 27 or 28 players that have played professionally and, and gone through this process before. And, you know, there's guys like Trent and Mendez and Smaldino and, you know, that I still think have a chance. But, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to three really solid places in Oregon State, you know, uh, UC Santa Barbara and Cal. And I wouldn't bet against anything of those guys in two or three years. And some kids need that time, right? I, I look at a kid, I think the first uh, uh, kid drafted uh, from a Trinity school is Alonzo Treadwell. Kind of an injury plagued time at modern day, kind of got himself together and really had a good college career. Now look, you know, he's a high draft pick. I mean, you know, so kids can use that experience in college to really get themselves, uh, you know, better ready for a pro experience. Yeah. But I also think we need to get baseball back in West Coast. You know, I really yeah. think that the best baseball is played here. The best development is played here. So I was a little turned off by the whole, you know, college regional, you know, super regional world series and MLB draft to a certain extent. Yep. It's almost like it's pushing the Midwest to East Coast narrative. And I just, I'm not a big believer in that, you know. And I think what the Trinity League has to offer is really the best brand of high school baseball in the country. And with the CIF finals, you know, I think Sondheimer wrote about, I mean, there was 30, 40 something divisional players not yeah. on the field in the dugouts. You know, there was 18 <laughs> on the field and there was, you know, another 20, 25 in the dugouts. And that's, I, I think we had 21 commits. At one point, and I'd, I'd hard to argue that if another program ever has had that many, you know, CIF Division One commits, you know, but the NLI and the transfer portal and all those things are changing the game. So what Alonzo Treadwell did is he stayed the course. He went through a tough injury, played for one of the best college coaches in the nation, John Savage, great high school, modern day. I happen to be alum. Yes. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I think that's where Cody Schreier is going to be next year. I think that's where Gage Jump's going to be next year. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Last question for you, really quick. Uh, just a quick update on, on some of the Jay Sierra guys. Pro, obviously, Royce. Uh, good to see him back on the field in Minnesota. Davis is, is just doing incredible things as well. Uh, and, and some of the other kids, it's, uh, it, it's really a fun time to watch these kids really get better and better on the field. Yeah. Davis Wenzel is having a great year. Chase Trump just got moved up. So yep. he's in triple A. Uh, Mike Capriz is one that's got a chance, and they're all playing against each other. Eric Silva's had a pretty good year. Uh, Blake Glasson, I mean, I think there's 10, 10 to 11 right now that are playing. Tyler Goff, who was a draft pick last year. Michael Curiali has been really hot or started off the season in the Florida State League really hot. Goff is, I think, you know, a little young for where he's at, but he's he's got some really good stuff. So, 
we got some guys knocking on the door, and then there's Royce who had the oblique deal. So we're just, you know, keeping our fingers crossed for his health and because he's, I think he's going to be a bona fide superstar. And I know he's been through the ringer and back, but, you know, and Austin's, you know, Austin's been, you know, in the top of, of the catching metric system. And so yeah. the Jay Sarah guys have been doing some really great things. And, and you know, we're watching from afar and, and, and hoping that we can make that track when the guy makes it to the show. And even more to come. We got, we have more and more and more talent coming out of your system, as we know. It's always fun to watch. Coach, I know you got a game to get back to. We're going to let you go. I appreciate the time. Thanks for, uh, coming on with us and, and, uh, further clarifying these rules changes. I know a lot of people had a lot of questions about them. We appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, Bob. Thanks All right. Thanks me. again. All right. That's Brett K, uh, head baseball coach, Jay Sarah Catholic High School. Thanks again to Coach K. We appreciate his time, uh, and always generous with us here on Catholic Sports View. Again, uh, you can catch us on social media if you are so inclined. That's at Catholic SV on Twitter. You can engage with us there if you'd like. And if you'd like to send us an email, CatholicSportsView at gmail.com. Once again, of course, we are brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Orange, and we appreciate all your support. Uh, And pass it along to somebody who you think would uh, enjoy listening to our Trinity League podcast. We are here uh, each and every week talking Trinity League sports and uh, another school year just around the corner, and we are excited about that. I am Bob Gibson. Thanks again for listening. Have a great week. You've been listening to Catholic Sports View, exploring where athletics meets faith, a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange in Southern California. Tell a friend about this podcast and be sure to share on your social media platforms. We'll catch up with you again next week right here on Catholic Sports View.